This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Noon Business Hour, presented by the Village of Bedford Park. I'm Jim Goodis. If you're racking up credit card points and miles, you may want to use them sooner rather than later. We'll cover that in our next segment. But right now, a look at that jobs report in the private sector, along with reports on manufacturing and construction spending. And to talk about all of them, Robert Dye, the chief economist at Co-America Bank in Dallas. So, Bob, you're taking all these numbers. Hi, Jim. I think it was actually a pretty good morning for data. I know that the ADP report did not meet expectations, but that uh, we'll turn that on its head and say that expectations were simply wrong. Uh, you know, it was still a strong report, up 374,000. Uh, and, and so we'll take that as a win. And we'll take the ISM manufacturing index uh, inching up to uh, still well into positive territory, just below 60. That's a very good number. So uh, for right now, it looks like the monthly data is coming in pretty good. So let's talk a little bit about those job numbers. They've been referred to as disappointing and that sort of thing. What is it about them that while they weren't quite what we were expecting, it's, it's maybe not as bad as some people might be thinking? Or is it even really bad news at this point since it's still a positive number? Well, 374,000 is, is roughly double what we would have on a normal and uh, 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 a normally uh, long term trend growth economy. And uh, we are pulling jobs back uh, as businesses reopen. It's very difficult to, to really get firm expectations now because this is such an unusual period in economic history with all the policy being. Uh, uh, being brought to bear right now and dealing with co- the first round of COVID and COVID-D. And, and we all know how, how businesses have just struggled to make heads and tails of all this. So I, I'm going to say this is not a bad number at all and, and indicative of ongoing growth for the U.S. economy through the second half of this year. Bob, what else do we need to be watching out for right now? What are some of the things we need to keep on our radar as we move forward? Well, you know, there are a lot of uh, constraints on consumers right now, and consumer spending is the biggest part of the economy, so that's what I'm watching out for for the third quarter. And those big constraints right now are autos. Uh, The demand is there, but the lots are empty. And and in housing, Uh, usually housing is a big driver for the economy as it comes out of a recession into the next expansion cycle. And housing has been on the back foot with both a, a home, a new and existing home sales been on the declining trend through the first half of the year. So waiting to see that turn around right now. So those are two key areas that I'm looking at, autos and housing. That's Robert Dye, the chief economist at Co-America Bank in Dallas. Thanks, Bob, as always, for your perspective. Coming up, getting the most out of your credit card points and miles. Information to make cash and save cash. 
The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Some people have been piling up credit card points and rewards during the pandemic, but there comes a time when it's wise to use them. And to tell us when that is, is Ted Rossman, the industry analyst at creditcards.com in New York. So what is the advice on credit card points and rewards, especially if you've been kind of stockpiling them? Is this a, a good time to use them? And if so, on what? It is a good time to use them. In fact, just today, American Express unveiled some new bonuses, anywhere from 10 to 40 percent extra on your points and miles um, when you transfer them to certain airlines and hotels. The general point here, though, is that you don't want to hoard these. It's better to earn and burn them, as the saying goes. You don't want to be a points millionaire because these things get devalued over time. It takes more points or miles to get that same free flight or that same hotel stay in many cases. So you want to earn them up to a point, but then you want to actually get something for them. It's not like an investment balance that's just going to continue to grow and grow. Now, Ted, I believe that in some cases, for instance, airline travel, which is what a lot of people use these points for, you can actually get some really good points deals that you not normally would get, say, like first class upgrades, that sort of thing. That's right. And I actually think that the fall could be an interesting time to use these if you're comfortable traveling because business travel remains way down from the past. Leisure travel this summer did pretty well and planes were pretty full. But I think the fall is going to represent a bit of a dip. Airlines may be looking to fill those with award travelers and you might be able to get some good availability, get some good deals. I think the leisure travelers will return more by Christmas time. And then, you know, hopefully next year, things are even better on the pandemic front. But, you know, really in general, I think it's important to take stock of the travel points and miles you have and use them. Because if you hoard them, you're vulnerable to these devaluations. You might also consider shifting your spending to a cashback card if you're not ready to travel just yet. There are a lot of attractive cashback cards a baseline might be 2% back on everything. Those are a lot simpler, a lot more flexible. There's really none of the same hoops and rules to jump through. So uh, something to consider there. Is there anything that you can do with these points or rewards that maybe people don't think of but might be a great use of them? The best use is international first-class travel. That's how you're going to get the most sense per point or mile. So that's where it, it stretches the furthest. I mean, you could cash in points or miles for cash back, or you, know, you could get merchandise, you could get gift cards, uh, other things like that. But you know, this is where you need to think about your travel schedule, because you, you are going to get the most value. I've heard of people getting, let's say, an $8,000 first class airline ticket for 100,000 points or miles. That's eight cents per point or mile. Cash back, you're probably going to get one cent per point or mile or, or you know, maybe 2% cash back if we describe it that way. Um, so I think that's valuable. I think that's simple. I think that's straightforward. Um, but if you are able to use these for international first-class travel, that's the best. For budget leisure travelers, the ratios are not as favorable there. That's where the balance may start to swing more towards cash back, uh, especially if you're somebody who plays the field, you're not loyal to any specific airline. Um, so it depends. But if you're the kind of person who is interested in a big trip, you might want to save up to that point. But don't hoard these points and miles endlessly because they can lose value. 
That's Ted Rossman, the industry analyst from CreditCards.com out of New York. Ted, as always, great advice. Up next, the driver's license goes digital. A deposit for your future. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Starting in fall, Apple will let users add driver's licenses and state IDs to Apple Wallet in eight states, Illinois not among them. Joining us on the McGrath-Lexus business line to talk about it, Jennifer Jolly, the Tech Life columnist for USA Today and founder and editor-in-chief of Techish.com out of San Francisco. So, Jennifer, what's this all about? Well, Apple has had plans for quite some time. I just checked, and I've been talking about this since about 2014. They've been planning to make your phone your wallet. So they've already done it with credit cards, subway tickets, student IDs, and so next step is driver's licenses. Two states are starting it today, Arizona and Georgia. That'll bring digital driver's licenses and state IDs right to your phone. So you're going through TSA at the airport. You just tap a little terminal just like you do with your ticket now, and they'll see your driver's license. Is there something special Apple had to do with iOS in order to allow this to happen so that literally you don't have to have a license in your physical wallet. You can actually just pull it up on the phone. I imagine there had to be something done specially so states would say, okay, that's fine. Yeah, absolutely. We don't know exactly what they've done because they're not transparent about it. And that's drawn a lot of criticism from privacy experts. But we know that they've been working with several states, including several that plan to roll it out, Connecticut, Iowa, Kentucky, Maryland, Oklahoma, Utah. They've been talking with them since around 2019 or so about this. So there's several questions Apple won't answer because they say it's proprietary information. They don't want to give it away. But, you know, one of the first things I thought of is fake IDs, you know, Uh, how will this prevent fake IDs from making it through? We don't know the question, you know, a lot more questions than answers. We do know that when it comes to security, Apple has a long track record of doing the right thing and being very secure compared to a lot of other tech companies. But we're not sure how they're going to scale and, you know, scale and do it quickly to support millions of drivers and travelers, you know, while preventing those fake IDs from making it through. Okay, for the other half of the world on Android, any thought that this kind of thing might come to Android at some point? Absolutely not. Not within the next three to five years. The Android operating system is still too easy to hack. And boy, talk about opening a can of worms with your, you know, identifying information. It's just too tricky and scary at this point. As it stands, Apple will only have this available to iOS 15, which isn't even out. It's out in beta right now, but that won't even be out in full until later this fall. Jennifer Jolly, the Tech Life columnist for USA Today and founder and editor-in-chief of Techish.com out of San Francisco. So to your Apple phones, your Apple watches, your iPads, you might soon be able to put a driver's license. But again, no word on when that might be coming to Illinois. Still ahead in Personal Finance Wednesday, home improvement projects that give the best bang for your buck. This is Chicago's all-news station, News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. 
The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Which is presented by the Village of Bedford Park. Good afternoon. I'm Jim Goodis. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. Air travel slows as the Delta variant of COVID sparks a new wave of cases. This is Bernie Tafoya. An Oak Lawn woman is spending extra time in Hawaii after being charged with using a fake COVID vaccination card. In Personal Finance Wednesday, home improvement projects have been big during the pandemic, but some add more value than others. And workers starting a new job can find themselves the target of scammers. On Wall Street, the Dow's up 10, the S&P 500 up 14, the Nasdaq's ahead by 116 points. Again, we're heading up to a mostly sunny and breezy high of 78. Right now, it's 75 at O'Hare at 1231. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Fewer people are taking to the skies as the Delta strain of the coronavirus spreads. We get the latest from CBS's Errol Barnett. There is more proof air travel is decreasing as we approach the Labor Day holiday weekend. The TSA tallied fewer than 1.4 million passengers on Tuesday, which is its lowest travel numbers since May 11th. This comes a full month after hitting its highest air travel of the year, August 1st. The spread of the Delta variant is causing an increase in cancellations, with United Airlines announcing its travel forecast for the weekend is at about 77% compared to the same time in 2019. Errol Barnett, CBS News, Washington. A southwest suburban woman is being held in Hawaii after allegedly presenting bogus vaccination documents. A big tip-off for screeners when they looked at a vaccination card allegedly uploaded by 24-year-old Chloe Morozak of Oak Lawn was that the name of the vaccine, Moderna, was misspelled. The card also indicated she'd received the vaccines in Delaware. Officials say they were unable to reach Morozak at the cell phone number and email address she listed and wasn't staying at the hotel where she claimed she had reservations. Morozak went about her week-long vacation, and when she arrived at Inouye International Airport for her flight back home on Saturday, police were waiting for her. The woman she was traveling with was not arrested. Bernie Tafoya, News Radio, 105.9 FM. You can take WBBM anywhere you go by using the Odyssey app, which now also has hundreds of new exclusive music stations. For music fans, by music fans. Only on the Odyssey app. It's 1232. Making sense of your dollars. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Market's a little higher today, and we're joined by Jim Awad, the Senior Managing Director of Clearstead Advisors out of New York. So, Jim, what's going on on Wall Street today and why? Well, the flow of news on the economy uh, has it's been, it's been reasonably strong, but indicating it's a little bit softer than it had been. 
largely due to Delta. You've had declining consumer confidence. You just did a story on the airlines. You have companies uh, pushing back the return return to work. So on the margin, Delta is suppressing uh, business activity. And what that means is that the Fed is likely to be very careful as they begin their taper. The market wants a taper, but it wants a very gradual and not a sudden taper. So the uh, markets are convinced that the Fed will, rem- will remain largely accommodative as they, um, uh, as, as they uh, gradually taper, and they've divorced taper from interest rate increases. So you're going to have relatively easy uh, money conditions for the foreseeable future, combined with an economy that should allow profits to grow. And really, when you think about it, there are not a lot of other places to put your money. There's no return on cash. There's no return on bonds. So um, uh, investors are, uh, are, are, in many ways, forced into equities. And what are the best equities right now to be looking at with these conditions and especially with these latest numbers coming out? Yeah, with a decelerating economy, economy that's growing, but growing at a decelerating rate, uh, the market the last couple of months has have shifted back from value to growth. And I think that is likely to continue uh, for the foreseeable future. So uh, your, 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 larger, your larger sustainable growth stocks still selling at sensible uh, uh, valuations such as Apple and Microsoft, in contrast to your very speculative uh, uh, growth stocks that have no earnings that are a wish and a hope for five years from now. I think you, you probably want to stick with the, with the established proven growth stocks. So essentially right now is a good time to kind of go with the known rather than the unknown. Yes, absolutely. There, there, there's a lot that could go wrong. The, the Fed could end up spooking the markets. Inflation could end up being uh, a, a more serious problem than we think. Delta might turn out to be more serious than we think. So given the risks and given that the market is up close to 20% this year, you're better off sticking with quality. Jim, how concerned are you about these numbers and the evolving trends in the pandemic and the economy? Well, I think we'll get through it. You're getting more and more people uh, vaccinated mathematically. And uh, there are signs, tentative signs, that uh, Delta in the most dangerous areas, such as um, uh, Texas and Florida, may be decelerating. So I think the economy will power through it. But make no mistake about it that on the margin, uh, Delta is having an effect on demand. And the other side of the coin is it's affecting the supply chain in Asia, uh, which uh, which aggravates inflation a, a, a bit, so that you you have a little bit of decelerating demand combined with uh, stickier inflation. Uh, that makes you want to stick with companies that can that are secular growth companies that can grow right through those potential negatives. That's Jim Awad, the senior managing director of Clearstead Advisors out of New York. Jim, always great to get your perspective, especially in times like these with numbers like these. Up next on Personal Finance Wednesday, the home improvement projects that make the most financial sense. Money conversation that pays a big dividend. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Personal Finance Wednesday, and all home improvement projects are not created equal. And joining us on the McGrath Lexus business line to talk about it is Rick Sharga, the executive vice president of Realty Track in Orange County, California. So, Rick. It always helps your home's value to do improvement projects, but some of them really are much better in terms of getting a return on them than others. Let's let's talk about some of the things that maybe don't cost so much, but really can make a difference. Yeah, that's that's a great point. The, uh, the when people think about improving the value of their home, they think of adding a swimming pool or doing major reconstruction of their bathrooms and kitchens. 
Uh, the reality is you can you can do a lot of little things that add up. Uh, you can spruce up the curb appeal of your home uh, as as easy as cleaning up the landscaping, uh, as as easy as painting the front door, or or maybe putting new uh, a new address numbers on the house. Uh, so the little things that you can do just to make the, the curb appeal and start selling that house before somebody even walks in the front door uh, can pay big dividends. Well, that's like anything else. Sometimes the thing that people see are the package. And if it doesn't look so great on the outside, it doesn't matter what you've done on the inside. People might go, oh, I'm not so sure I want that house. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So curb appeal is is probably step one. And, and you want the the house to be clean and inviting uh, and look fresh as, as, as somebody approaches it. And then when they enter the house, you want the same thing to happen there. Uh, people overlook really basic things like uh, cleaning your carpets, cleaning your floors, um, making sure your windows are clean, um, making sure that there's not a lot of clutter. Uh, and, and you can do you know little things uh, looking around the house. Maybe there's a room or two that, that really could use a touch-up of paint. Uh, and, and for a few hundred dollars, uh, you can you can really make a big difference in the impression people get when they're walking through your house. Is there also something, too, about some of the big projects that maybe if you don't go overboard on them, you can still make them a better return if you just kind of be judicious in how you deal with these projects? Yeah, we, we talked about paint a second ago, and, and, and a, you know, a couple of cans of paint can make an enormous difference uh, in, in a kitchen or a bathroom. You want neutral colors in the house, uh, and, and the color palette that, that people are looking for these days has changed a little bit, uh, kind of going from tans and, and beiges into more grays and, and, and greens. Uh, but you can, you can do some minor, minor work fixing up your bathroom, making sure that, that your tile um, is, is clean, doesn't have mold or mildew. Um, maybe taking a look at some, some low-cost new features uh, for, for your bathroom, um, just, just light fixtures or, or things uh, that, that you can put on the vanity. So, so you know, looking again at, at making uh, your, your bathroom, your kitchen, uh, look up-to-date, look friendly, look appealing without having to blow the whole thing up and, and start from scratch. Uh, a few dollars spent can actually make a big difference in, in how people value your property. So let's talk about some of these big things like pools, for example. What is it about putting in a pool? You think, oh, man, people are going to love my house if I have a pool. Why is that not necessarily the best option here? It, it might help, but pools are very expensive to install. And there's actually a, a, a certain group of, of potential home buyers who don't want a pool. So you could actually limit the number of people who are interested in your property uh, by, by having a pool that, that some people don't want. Uh, there, there are insurance issues. There's a cost of maintenance involved. And, and if you factor in uh, what you're spending on a pool, unless you're going to be in the home for a long, long time, uh, you're probably not going to be able to sell the property uh, for, for that much more than you would have gotten otherwise uh, by, by adding a pool. Uh, and, and it's just one of those uh, misperceptions that a lot of people have is that, you know, going out and adding a pool is going to automatically improve the value of your property. Again, simply simply not the case, at least not in terms of return on your investment. Rick, if you're thinking about or considering selling your property in the near future and you're going to be making some improvements, does it actually make sense to maybe bring in your realtor and say, hey, what do I need to do to really make this house as valuable and as marketable as possible before you get into some of these things? Yeah, you know, the, the irony of us talking about this is homes are literally flying off the, the multiple listing services. 
uh, today almost as soon as they're listed. But but there's a difference between selling your house and selling your house at the highest possible price. And and there are a lot of realtors, and, and you want to interview a number of realtors to make sure you get one who specializes in this. But there are a lot of realtors who are very good at, at what they call staging a property. And they'll go through things like what, what repairs need to be made, uh, what kind of minor enhancements you can make to the property to maximize the value uh, that it can be sold for, and, and even uh, how the house and, and your, your own things inside the house are arranged uh, to make it as appealing as possible for prospective buyers. So working with a realtor who knows how to do that and who specializes in that uh, can pay enormous dividends. That's Rick Sharga, the Executive Vice President of Realty Track out of Orange County, California. Thanks, Rick. Great tips. Join us at this time tomorrow for Technology Thursday. Still to come, a new job could put you in the sights of cyber crooks. The best daily deal in Chicago, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Cyber criminals are targeting people starting new jobs, hoping to take advantage of their willingness to please. And let's learn more from Adam Levin, the founder of Cyber Scout and author of the book Swiped out of New York. So, Adam, is nothing sacred anymore? I guess if you start a new job, you got to worry about scammers. What's going on? Yeah, hi, Jim. Well, it used to be that you had to worry about scammers when you were looking for a job, but now they've gone one step further. And, uh, you know, it, it really is fertile field for their attacking, especially when you think that when people get new jobs, well, what do they do? First thing they do is they go on social media LinkedIn, for instance, and they announce their new position. And of course, if you go to LinkedIn, you can check the company if you're a hacker and then also look at everyone else from that company who's on LinkedIn. So you get an idea of who might be communicating with whom in the company. So, yeah, this is a it's a transitory. It's a transition period in someone's life. And during that transition period, you could be vulnerable. So what are the best things to do? Just make sure that if you are starting a new job, that you don't necessarily fall for one of these. And it may seem like, well, I won't fall for one of these. But a lot of times, as you say, because people are willing to please, maybe they aren't as cautious as they might normally be. No, absolutely. Well, first of all, there are some uh, red flags where you get a request from the CEO to buy a gift card for someone's birthday or their retirement party, but you got to keep it on the down low. Or you get an email from the IT department talking about setting resetting passwords, which but it but it comes by way of email as opposed to messaging within the organization. Or you get an email from human resources asking you for personal information, and you're targeted because you're pretty much unfamiliar with workplace procedures. So first of all, companies should have phishing training as part of onboarding, so they should let new hires know exactly what the red flags are. The second, as a recipient of email, uh, check to see what the sender's real email address is. So there's a display name, and that display name could be Joe Biden. But the if you run your cursor over the email address, it could say scam at hackers.ru because they have you know that's why it's very important to make sure that the address looks exactly like the uh, the name in the display. And also verify any supposed emergency communications. Always independently confirm who it is, why they're contacting you. And trust me, if you call a superior and say, I just want to make sure that you were the one that sent me this email because I don't want to do anything wrong, they won't be annoyed. They'll actually be very appreciative of it. 
Yeah, because neither you nor your boss wants to get the call from their boss going, why did you just let this happen? Uh, so it's it, they, they would much rather you be cautious than anything else. By the way, because the world is just full of scammers, this is why you need to check out Adam's podcast, What the Hack with Adam Levin, and you can just find out tons of great information because this is a constantly changing landscape, and Adam keeps you up to date on what's happening in the world so you can protect yourself out there. That's Adam Levin, the founder of Cyber Scout, the author of the book Swiped, and again, the host of the podcast, What the Hack with Adam Levin. Thanks, Adam. Always great tips. If you missed any part of today's show, you could go to our stream and just skip back to the time you want. There's a pause and rewind function that works both online and with the Odyssey app. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.